Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Kelly Leake, the CEO and Executive Director for CEB, Continuing Education of the Bar a California-focused provider of legal research and CLE. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm great, Ari. Thank you for having me, and uh, it's great to meet you. This is the first time I, um, I'm doing a podcast with you, so I'm looking forward to the conversation. It's my privilege, and I'm really also looking forward to this conversation. So tell us about your background and your work at CEB. Yeah, I guess I would describe myself as an information industry executive. I was at Thomson Reuters for close to two decades. Thomson Reuters is one of those, one of a handful or less, fewer of companies that deliver knowledge and information solutions to a wide range of professionals, lawyers, uh, researchers, healthcare providers, educators, accountants. And they do that on a global scale. So my time at TR really influenced the way I approached my work at CEB. And uh, I guess it kind of left me with these kind of like, I have these kind of North Star or guiding principles, which is, you know, one is trust and accuracy has to be the your first priority. And then the second is that content is the star of the show. And that the technology is really meant to highlight or support that content. And those are those are the two things that I I really kind of frame my approach to to CAB and have have done since since day one. I was also really lucky at my time at Thomson Reuters because I came into the industry in the late 90s. I started life there in the United Kingdom and that was a time of incredible digital transformation across the professions. Thomson Reuters very much as a, at that time at least, was a holding company. So it had a number of different types of information businesses under that UK business. So what it meant was, I think in 10 years, I probably did 10 to 12 digital transformations all in different settings, but all with this kind of common underlying principle that you're delivering a knowledge-intensive solution in a highly regulated, complex environment to professionals, and they need to be able to rely on it. And so when I came to CEB, I had this incredibly rich blueprint from which to build upon. And I think that really, that was a, a very good starting point and really helped inform my approach. The second thing I think was uh, the other great fortuitous thing that for me, from my time at Thomson Reuters, was that I was part of the international division. And it seems kind of funny now, but international division at that point in time for legal was everything outside of the United States. <laughs> so it was like literally the entire world. And uh, what that helped me to really build is this kind of build this muscle of knowing that you're building knowledge-intensive, content-rich solutions, but you need to go in and quickly assimilate a jurisdiction. You need to really kind of go in and understand the way that lawyers work in that jurisdiction, consume content, what they value, their needs, their gaps, and that varies. And so, you know, I mean, I spent considerable amounts of time in China and in India, but then I also had these great experiences in smaller jurisdictions like Malaysia and Singapore and Australia and Brazil. And... Uh, I think, again, that just meant that when I came to California to CEB, 
it was kind of a, a memory muscle to say, okay, what are the, how do lawyers in California value and use content? What are their gaps? What are their needs? And where does CEB fit in that? And so the, I think those are the, the two things. And CEB is this, I don't know how much you know about CEB, but the CEB has this like really unique history and origin story. I call it the superhero story, which is it's so Californian in the sense that, you know, it started as this pioneering continuing legal education provider post-war to re to educate returning veterans back into the practice of law. And over the last seven years, we've built this, well, we've built on what I think was that great history and origin story, and we've built this world-class content operations organization. So seven years ago, CEB was a publisher, and now today we a publisher of what, what we would call secondary sources in the information industry, treatises, everyone has a slightly different name. But now, you know, we've stood up within this organization, uh, primary, we're a primary law provider, we're a legal newsroom. We have a California know-how product, legal know-how product. And we've also incorporated the cutting edge technology. You know, there's a lot of hype around AI at the moment. I would say our, for the last six years, our underlying search and technology has been natural language processing and machine learning. And we've done some really interesting things to bring, to really highlight the value in our content. What's the connection between continuing legal education and legal research? The business person and industry, information industry person in me kind of looks at that as a, an industry sub-segment. So legal you know, they're very clearly distinct parts of the legal and regulatory industry, which is, I think, about a $30 billion industry globally. So legal research gets defined as you can think about it as one unique subsegment of that legal and regulatory industry. And continuing legal education is, is a very narrowly defined, I think, from that point of view, in that it's it's about getting your, your compliance credits and your, you know, your own networking, depending on, on what you, how you define it. But, but those are really, I think, from a business point of view, how those markets or sub-segments are defined. From a content point of view, at CEB, we, we have this principle of we, we look at what's the intention and the purpose of the content. And so I guess we, we kind of look at it in more in terms of a pyramid with learning at the base of the pyramid which is we don't talk about CLE at CEB, we talk about learning. And that base of that pyramid is, is the what do you need to know about the law and why do you need to know it? Why is it important? The next level of that is the legal research, which is building on that base. Its goal is to provide you with answers to very specific questions and context. And then at the kind of next level of that pyramid is what we call now the kind of practical application or the know-how. What do you need to do to get to an outcome? And so that's how we build our content stack and how we think about legal research and CLE at CV. You mentioned performing and supporting digital transformation and also AI. How does CEB combine human editorial expertise and manual review oversight with its rules-based machine integration? So we're very fortunate that six years ago, so I, I, what I should say is, let me back up a little bit and say that, you know, I came to CB seven years ago, the first three years was digital transformation. So that's 
essentially a replication, as I said, that blueprint from the first part of my career. I came and, and it was, we were a print publisher. That was the majority of the business. Um, there was a CLE business, which was still largely in person. And it was a big investment in technology and a big culture reorientation to get us ready. And then the last four years, the organization has been really focused on the users, cross segments. You know, what are their needs? What are the content gaps? What are we hearing from, from those users that they need? And around this time that we were doing the digital transformation, we entered a collaboration with this incredible company, Judicata. Incorporated, which I, I'm going to get the founding date. I think it was co-founded by Itai Gurari in 2012. And Itai has, is, is a person who has this deep commitment to accuracy, accuracy, like no one else I've ever known, apart from me, maybe. But so it was a, it was a really values-aligned collaboration. And the technology that we use to the machine learning and natural language technology that we use is all the Judicata technology stack. And the whole concept of judicata is that, you know, when they started out was to map the legal genome. And it's really what it says. It's like it's going through every aspect of case law. You're looking for citation patterns, court patterns, language patterns, and you're using that to do supervised machine learning. And I think when we came to start to work with Itai and his team, their ability to match citations and apply a treatment to it, like what is the status of this case and how should you think about this case in context of your legal research was somewhere around 70%. And what we did is we built a team of legal editors that would work to supervise and train that. And, you know, so now I would say without, without putting a, a number down that we have probably one of the highest accuracy rates in the business. And that's a really exciting proof point for us as we start to think about how can we build on that technology now with power of that large language models provide. How do you adapt your content, your CLE library to the needs of your clients as the profession continues to change? CEB serves all segments of the market. So we have solo attorneys, government and agency attorneys, the courts, and large law attorneys. So, you know, across the spectrum, people are using our, not just our legal research, but our CLE. And there's, they have different needs. And so we're very mindful about being focused. And I think this is one of the CEB differences that I would, you know, say is, which is because of our focus in California, we're of course a business and we're interested in achieving a certain level of scale and efficiency. But our content operations are really very much designed to be very focused on those end users in those segments. It is a tricky balance to get the coverage right, but it's about just being responsive and listening to, to our customers and users. What effect do you think generative AI is going to have on legal research? I divide it into two groupings, and I think someone with a more a deeper technical understanding of this would would have a better explanation. But I, I think from from an industry information point of view, I see two big things. One, which is, I think, within the next two or three years, which is what we how we think about search and how we consume legal research will be very different, as in you'll be getting much more detailed analysis. You might be able to search on fact patterns, whereas into, instead of legal references and it's just going to become a much richer and deeper experience. 
on the back end, and this is where we are really very excited, and the ability to process and add intelligence to large reams of data and content will have a great amount of opportunity for us to develop new products off the back of. But at this point, I would say, is it going to be transformative? Absolutely. What does that transformation look like in the time horizon? I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not entirely sure myself. What are your plans for expanding to markets beyond California? Our focus is very much on California. We are very much laser focused on becoming the go-to source for hyper-local, hyper-technical California legal knowledge and information. We're part of the University of California, and I think that gives us a real focus and grounding in the California community. That said, I think that there's some really opportunity, some really interesting opportunities for smaller associations to learn to to use us as a template and to learn as a template in terms of like how we've approached the, the California market. How can you replicate your expertise and hyper local guidance in other jurisdictions? I think the combination of the content and technology and one of the one of the I think things that will really come out of this AI boom for lack of a better word is that the ability to acquire large volumes of content and provide insights and intelligence and build intelligence on that content, the barrier to entry becomes a lot lower. So that's going to be a really interesting space to watch to see what happens there. The biggest challenge that we've encountered with hyperlocal guidance, honestly, is been sourcing the material and collecting the material. And I think I don't think that that challenge goes away with AI. That's uh, just a challenge of complexity and how highly regulated and how many agencies and you know the, the, essentially the, the characteristics of the jurisdiction that we live in. How do you see legal training evolving? So we're already seeing training evolving and our the use cases for our CLE business changing dramatically in government and large law. And more and more clients share with me that they are using our CLE not to get compliance credits, but to onboard associates to do to really educate themselves and get up to speed quickly on client matters that might be a crossover issue that a client comes to them, not necessarily a core practice area. When I hear those things, I write them down, I put them in a little spreadsheet because those are the customer stories and where we really want to kind of move our learning business so that it creates it's a continuous learning business as opposed to you come to us once a year or once every three years, as in the case of California, to get your mandatory 25 credits. You know, we're with you all throughout <laughs> throughout your practice to keep you informed. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Kelly Lake, the CEO and Executive Director for CEB, Continuing Education of the Bar, a California-focused provider of legal research and CLE. Kelly, thanks so very much. Thank you, Harry. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.